0: Homeless fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat search eufy video lock that's e-u-f-y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door that's eufy smart lock and eufy video lock a proud sponsor of the talk of champions podcast network
2: Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. Let's fellas. Now, Let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck.
3: Hotty toddy, Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel. Y'all hotline. I'm sitting here with Mr. David Johnson tonight, sitting in for Yancey Porter, who is down at the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game in Hattiesburg. But before Richard Cross leaves this studio, I want to ask him one question. What was your impression of the press conference today, Mr. Mr. Cross? the The press conference or the pep rally? The press conference. It um, was a lot more informative.
4: Yeah, it was. Uh, there were a couple of. Uh, I thought there were kind of some interesting moments. Uh, I really like Lane Kiffin's sense of humor. It, yeah. it, it's dry. It's witty. Uh, clearly, he's a bright guy. I'm fascinated by, and I, and I look forward to getting getting to ask him about this. You know, he talks about the relationship that he's got with Pete Carroll, and the relationship that he's got with Nick Saban. And when on the surface you look at two guys, they seem like they are just on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of personality. But they both obviously want at a really, really high level. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious in, in the way that he goes about his coaching philosophy how he kind of mixes what he learned from those two guys to kind of create who he is as a head coach.
3: Yeah, and, and from his father as well. Yeah. Monty uh, Kiffin.
4: Th- there's that old cliche, right, where uh, the guys that have forgotten more football than we'll ever know. Yeah. I think Monty Kiffin certainly uh, falls yeah. into that category. And, you
3: know, he made reference a couple of times to old school and new school, combining the old school football with new school football, analytics and all that I heard you talking about on your show that was interesting.
4: Yeah, and and – that may take some getting used to. I mean, if if some of the in-game decisions that they make and some of the game planning that they do is based more on numbers and percentages mm-hmm. than what we've seen typically in college football, okay, well it's it's you know it's fourth and seven and you've got it at your own forty-two, so you got to punt. Well, maybe the numbers say actually you don't need to punt there yeah. because you got a chance to stop them and you got a chance to extend a drive, and you know analytically it makes more sense. So uh, when that doesn't work out. He said, "Fire away, get, get ready to rip me, guys, <laughs> yeah, but they're yeah. going to make some decisions that yeah. way. Uh, but To me, though, overall, just the, the level of excitement. Chuck, you've been around Ole Miss football, and David, you have too, for a long time. I kind of go, we moved to Oxford in 1988. Um, I've been going to Ole Miss football games since 1990. I can only think of a handful of times where I feel like there's more excitement just surrounding a single event, whether it's the result of a game or something mm-hmm. that happened off the field. But the last seventy-two hours since Friday, when the news really came out that Lane Kiffin was going to be uh, was going to be the head coach, I mean, it's like this cloud has lifted no over Oxford and over the program and the athletics department. And all of a sudden, it feels like everybody's kind
3: of moving in the same direction. Hey, and you which got, is a good thing. You got real estate agents that are tickled to death right tickled now. Tickled to death. They think they're going to sell some condos and some store owners as <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, I might be speaking uh, hey, personally your wife there. Your might be one of them. There you go. Hey, thank you, Richard. David, how's it going, brother?
5: Going good. Going good.
3: Uh, what a day in Oxford. Oh man! I
5: mean, that's that's what we're talking about tonight, yeah. and uh, yeah. rightfully so. Uh, you know, Richard kind of referred to it as a pep rally. But man, what an event
3: inside the pavilion! No question. What would you get? I would guess four thousand people, maybe a little more. Yeah, yeah, outdrew some basketball games at times. Yeah, yeah it was uh, packed on that know, side. It was, and
5: it was crazy. And you guys joking about the economy, but uh, I tried to have lunch at a at a restaurant in Oxford today, <laughs> right <laughs> after that thing, and man, I couldn't get in.
3: Right, I hear you. What's on taps? Brought to you by the Library Sports Bar, home of Monday Night Football on a huge screen. Oxford's most popular watering hole in the square. One twenty South Eleven. Never mind. You know where the library is. Uh, we're going to have Ben Garrett on at six fifteen. He's going to give us a little insight on today, and Kermit Davis Jr. at six thirty. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motor Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. <laughs>
6: Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24 seven at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal, nobody. Chevrolet, buy a new road.
7: If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander ht go 56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander ht go 56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV.
8: While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why C Spire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the C Spire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com mission.
4: The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit firstsouthland.com, equal housing lender.
2: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: Hi, right, welcome back to the Candy Motors of Mississippi Rebel Hill Hotline. Um, I'm Chuck, he's David, but first we're going to go to the control room for Mr. Jack Schultz and Ole Miss Sports News. Take it away, Rhino.
4: It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel
9: Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly.
6: Rebel Rags, anything, everything, Ole Miss.
9: As you all know by now, Lane Kiffin is officially the head coach of the Ole Miss football program. He comes to Oxford off a stint most recently at FAU, where he finished with a 26 13 overall record, including an 11 win season, a 10 win season, and two conference titles. In previous stops as a head coach, Kiffin was 28 15 in three plus seasons at USC and 7 6 in his lone season at Tennessee. During his introductory press conference today, Kiffin referenced Ole Miss's famous wins over Alabama in 2014 and 15, while Kiffin was at Alabama, as evidence that Ole Miss can sustain long-term success. Earlier in the day, quarterback Grant Tisdale announced his intention to withdraw his name from the transfer portal, a good start to building the roster under Kiffin. In other Ole Miss sports news, the Rebel basketball team defeated Cal State Bakersfield on Saturday, knocking off former Ole Miss head coach Rod Barnes in his return to Oxford. Barnes was ejected after receiving his second technical foul, but received a standing ovation from the Ole Miss crowd as he left the court at the pavilion. The Rebels are now 6-3 overall and set to face Kermit Davis' former team, MTSU, on Saturday at 2. In other news, softball coach Mike Smith resigned this week after being previously placed on leave while the program was investigated. Smith was 187 wins to 112 losses during his stint in Oxford. He is replaced by assistant Reuben Felix, who will serve as the interim head coach. Also, volleyball coach Stephen McRoberts and Ole Miss mutually agreed to part ways last week. McRoberts concludes his time in Oxford with a 111-win, 82-loss record, including an NIVC championship title. That's the latest Ole Miss news. Chuck, Yancey, Keith Carter has certainly been busy in the first few weeks of his tenure as athletic director.
3: All right, good job, Jack. Thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Obviously, that's pre-recorded because he didn't know David <laughs> was on air. But well, that's okay.
5: Pe- people could easily mistake Yancey for for me and vice versa. <laughs> I suppose.
3: <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Uh, oh Lord. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let that go without a comment. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the 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 press conference today and and the the party. Prior to the press conference, what were your impressions?
5: I think Ole Miss did a good job in the production of it. Sure. That's, that's, you know, first thing right off the bat. I mean, if you didn't know who Lane Kiffin was, you knew he was somebody for sure. (laughs) But uh, there were very few people who didn't know who Lane was. Uh, But, uh, man, I I mean, I thought it was great. The chancellor made an appearance and opened things up, followed by Keith Carter. And then uh, Lane... uh, Gave his introductory speech, and I thought Chucky was very honest in the in the press conference with the media afterwards about things. Uh, I, I'm telling you, though, you people out there who have an impression of Lane Kiffin now, while he has been a lightning rod of being like some uh, John Travolta type character, uh, charismatic and and going to, you know throw his fists up in the air during public appearances. That's not Lane Kiffin. That's not the one we saw today. And you wrote a little bit about that. Today, I, did. Chuck. I did. Um, he is, a, he's rather, I think the word we're, we're using is subdued. He mm-hmm. is a very calm. I think Ole Miss is getting the best version of Lane Kiffin. Um, uh, he's learned. He's probably been put in some positions where he wasn't quite ready for it throughout his career. I think this guy's ready for this. And, uh, and it's just an exciting
3: time, Chuck. Can you imagine being thrust into being the head coach of the Oakland Raiders when you're in your early thirties? I, I mean some of the players were older than you. Yeah, him.
5: I couldn't imagine trying to tell Derek Burgess what to do when I was in my early thirties. Yeah. And he was on that team. Yeah. I mean, that's a difficult spot for, for a young guy to be in. He's got a great football mind. Nobody's ever argued. Yeah, that's that. that's not
3: in question. And um, innovative. Uh, Not scared, you know. I mean,
5: I would say Lane Kiffin's bringing a – he's a full-grown man football coach, and that's what Ole Miss is going to get. And I think he he has to succeed at this opportunity in his mind.
3: I I loved his comments about – Richard kind of alluded to it that, uh, you know, how much he had grown and learned from not only Mm -hmm. the peaks in his profession but from the valleys, you know, that the good and the bad had – had put him on the right course and and the the uh he learned that God has a plan for him and and his mission is to teach young men not only to be NFL football players but to be good citizens and yeah. there was more to it than winning football games and, and going to the NFL.
5: Yeah, and I tell you what, he's had to do that growing up, if you will, under a microscope oh, yeah. because of who his father was and what that last name Kiffin means to And football. where he's been. And where he's been. Yeah, yeah. he's been on the grandest stages yeah. in college football. Yeah. And um, like, I, like, like I said, I think this is an opportunity Lane Kiffin cherishes, and I think you're going to get everything you got, and I think you're going to get the best version college football will have known of Lane Kiffin.
3: And, uh, again, going back to the uh, uh, his presentation, he, he's he's very quiet, um, but his messages are strong. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. his, his messages aren't loud, but they're strong. And I, and I like that about him. Uh, you, you know, he's very confident that they can come in here and win. And he's, he outlined the reasons why he felt like he could come in here and win. And I, I thought those were very impressive as well.
5: Well, there are a lot of things to, to at, at your disposal at Ole Miss when you're talking about turning this into a winning program. Number one, and he pointed this out too, they didn't come here to be good. They came here to be great. And he knows that Ole Miss can be great. Because he's seen it before with his own eyes. He mm-hmm. brought up a couple of times when he was at Alabama. They lost two regular season football games in the three years he was there. Both of them were to Ole Miss. He talked about getting run over by the Ole Miss crowd in the aftermath of the mm-hmm. Rebels' 2014 win over the Tide at the Vault. I mean, he believes he can do it at Ole Miss or he would not be here, Chuck.
3: And his brother Chris also told him he could do it here. And Chris coached here, so Chris knows and he. He, you know, he appreciates Chris's counsel as well.
5: So, sleeping giant in Oxford. And Wayne, Lane Kiffin's going to try to wake it up.
3: There you go. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsor on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo! Hotline. Hang tight.
6: 2019, a special year with a new vehicle from Canon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new road.
7: If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander ht go 56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander ht go 56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV.
8: While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why C Spire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the C Spire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com mission.
7: Van Aken's diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. A Van Aken's mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow! When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all say it with a Van Aken's diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Aken's Jewelers Store downtown New Albany or
2: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yale Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yale Hotline.
3: All hey, right, welcome back, to Cannon Motors of Mississippi. Rebel Yo Hotline. Is that Van Halen or Van Hagar? That is Hagar. Are sure that's Van Hagar? Ugh. I didn't. I didn't like Van Hagar. I like Van Halen. All right. No,
5: you know what? That may be David Lee Roth.
3: Okay. So that's Van Halen.
5: It may be Van Halen.
3: All right. Uh, we now are joined by Mr. Ben Garrett. Ben, uh, I don't want this to turn into a butt-kissing session with for Keith and Lane and. Chancellor Boyce, but I mean, there's really nothing to complain about about today. This is this is uh, was a big day in Old Miss sports. I thought,
10: yeah, for sure. Other than y'all um, confusing Van Hagar and Van Halen, that's yeah, Van that's Halen.
5: Panama. I, I, as soon as I, I mean, said it, it, it hit grief. me. That's Panama, so that's David Lee Roth.
10: Okay. okay. Yeah. But yes, other than that, it's been a uh, positive day for <laughs> Old Miss for sure. I thought today went about as well as expected. Um, there's a lot of Saban-esque qualities to how Lane Kiffin stands up there and talks to not only the crowd, but to the media. Um, but once he got off that stage and got down into the press setting where he's just sitting there behind a mic, he was a little bit more colorful than the things he had to say. But it was a good day. And I think Keith Carter had a tough task ahead of him last week. And um, he had a plan. I know he pursued at least six coaches or talked to seriously six coaches, but ultimately when he talked to Lane Kiffin, all the boxes that he had in his brain were kind of checked by what he offered and what he brought. And it wasn't lost on Keith, the number of people out there in Ole Miss nation that rallied behind one particular candidate. And there was some momentum there and he felt it. And I think if you're an athletics director, you obviously don't make a hire based on fan sentiment, but you'd be dumb not to at least listen and, and acknowledge it and, um, one thing Keith has proven so far as an athletics director, even though he had not signed his deal yet, is that he's willing to listen to anyone and everyone who has a voice about Ole Miss sports, um, take them what they have to say into account, and then make what he feels is the best interest, the best decision in the when in, in, in the best interest of Ole
11: Miss. So, yeah,
10: it was a good day. It was, a, it was an impressive day, and um, I think Ole Miss fans are pretty fired up.
11: Ben, you
5: covered the hiring of Kermit Davis here, and Keith was intricately involved in that. Any shadows of of that hiring process with this one that you can kind of pick up on?
10: Yeah, I think the first thing that jumps off is when they hired Kermit, um, the one thing that both he and Ross Bjork felt when they sat down with Kermit was his enthusiasm for this job in particular. He could tell that Kermit Davis was uniquely qualified, but also how excited he was for that particular opportunity. I think there was some of that with Lane Kiffin, too.
8: Um,
10: Lane Kiffin was offered by Arkansas. Let's not make that – let's get that out there. He was um, offered by Arkansas, had that on the table, and he wanted Ole Miss. And once the Ole Miss job came open, he expressed interest. And um, Keith Carter reached out on that Wednesday. On Thursday, he's in Boca Raton um, after the FAU practice, talking to Lane Kiffin, sitting in front of him, hearing him out, and – um, I think, similar to Kermit Davis, he saw how excited Kiffen was for this particular opportunity. And um, once he got that sense, uh, I, I think that's when K- Lane Kiffin really got serious as far as his candidacy and, or maybe leading candidacy for Ole Miss because this is a unique opportunity. Ole Miss has its own set of challenges and unique set of challenges, but it all comes in the SEC West, and we all know it's in the SEC West and the challenges there. And you look at the other searches around Ole Miss, such as Arkansas, for example, that had a pretty disastrous search, if you want to be honest, and yet Keith pursued his with a particular plan that he picked up from that Kermit Davis hire, and he got who he thought was his man, uh, Lane Kiffin. So, yeah, I think there were a lot of similarities between that process and this one.
5: Yeah, Ben, three three openings in the SEC this year with Missouri, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. And, you know, if you want to juxtapose those three hires next to one another – I mean, in my eyes, and, and, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, I mean, Ole Miss far and beyond with the best hire.
10: Oh, I think so. Um, Drink, which is actually a really good fit for Missouri, and I think that's one of the six candidates that Keith talked to in the process, and um, he was a candidate at Ole Miss. But when you weigh what Arkansas did and what Missouri did against what Ole Miss did, I think it's pretty obvious, right? I mean, Every school right now that had an opening or was at least threatening to have an opening at the end of the year, I think that they would want to take, you know, swap places with Ole Miss. If you're Mississippi State, I mean, it was a foregone conclusion that you were going to move on from Joe Moorhead after the Egg Bowl. You win the Egg Bowl, and you win it in the way in which your fan base rallies and you keep Joe Moorhead. I would venture to say um, to a man most Mississippi State fans out there would swap that Egg Bowl trophy and Joe Moorhead for Lane Kiffin. Um, so there are a lot of different scenarios that you can weigh and look at different um, circumstances with each school and say, yeah, Ole Miss came out on the right end of this. I think I don't think this really could have come out any better for Ole Miss. And I know y'all don't want this to be the suck-up hour, but I, I really don't think that they could have hired anybody better because when you looked at the Ole Miss fan base, I mean, my gosh, they were they were really th- having facing a threat of losing not just some old school guys who'd been around and, we're um, just ready to go home and, and watch the games on TV. But that under-40 crowd, that young crowd, those those represent not only um, your current fan base, but what the future is going to be. And if you lose those that group, they're never coming back. And so I think the one move they could have made was Lane Kiffin that galvanizes not just the older crowd, but the younger crowd. Everyone, for the most part, in the same boat as far as who they wanted. and They got who they wanted. So it's going to be a fascinating thing to follow because Lane Kiffin, um, you got to take the good, you got to take the bad. I mean, you're going to get hot shots from Pat Forty. Just roll with it and embrace it because you're relevant again. And not to say anything bad about Matt Luke. He took took Ole Miss over in the worst kind of circumstance and did the very best he could and really kept Ole Miss afloat. But Ole Miss wasn't nationally relevant um, for three years, and now na- they're nationally relevant. People are paying attention, and that's what you get when you get the name cache of Lane Kiffin.
3: I'm so tired of Pat Forty and guys like that. I just don't get it. What is, What yeah. is their deal, man? I mean, I, I, I've i gotten where I don't read their stuff because I know what's coming, you know? It's, it's not worth a read to me. All it does is make my blood pressure go up because I know half of it's baloney. Well,
10: it was funny. I was reading something on the message board um, recently. Uh, I can't remember what someone said, but it was in a negative fashion towards old mess And my point is, Yeah, cool. Just embrace it. Those guys aren't going to like you no matter what. They're not going to write things that are positive in regards to your school no matter what. When's the last time you read something with a positive slant for Ole Miss? If you're an Ole Miss fan, who cares? Be the villain. Embrace it. If they're not going to like you anyway, hire the guy that can not only win, but could potentially piss them off. That's pretty great. And if you're (laughs) Ole Miss right now and you're an Ole Miss fan that's been waiting just to have something to – Latch on to latch on to being the villain. If someone wants you to play a role, then play it. And if you're winning football games, guess what? That's the end result. That's what you want. That's what you're looking for anyway. So who cares? So roll with right. it, and embrace it. Because Dan Walken, Pat Forty, I mean Barrett Salee. I mean I know Barrett really well. I like him a lot. I've known him a long time. But even Barrett said, Ole Miss fired Matt Luke. What are they doing? They don't have a plan. Um, their search is a disaster. No, a disaster is what Arkansas did. Keith Carter actually had a plan, and now Ole Miss, with the right hire, is in the national conversation. I think a oh, lot ben. of the national guys just prefer Ole Miss to be in its place, and now that Ole Miss makes a move like this to, ups- to upset the apple card, they're going to come out swinging. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, cool, just take it. Enjoy it, because that's what you want to be. You want to be nationally relevant. You are.
5: The excitement, we talked about this inside the pavilion today, today was palpable Move ahead a couple of months here to, to spring practice and the Grove Bowl. What do you what do you anticipate there? I mean, Ole Miss fans their first opportunity to see Lane Kiffin on the sidelines, seeing him coaching their football team, giving them a glimpse of what twenty twenty is gonna look like. What do you think about the excitement around the Grove Bowl? How many how many Ole Miss fans do you think will be inside the vault that day?
10: Well, I'm gonna answer your question with a question. Both of y'all, how many people do y'all think were at that? press conference or public introduction today.
5: Well, we talked about that earlier. I think
3: over four thousand.
10: Okay. That's more than has attended either of the last two Grove Bowls. Maybe combined. Oh no doubt about it. Last Grove Bowl was a disaster. So what I think the Grove Bowl is going to be if four thousand showed up just to hear Lane Kiffin stand up there and basically tell them we want to be great. Um we're going to build a good staff. Y'all come out and they cheer wildly God, I would say fifteen thousand at least for the Grove Bowl. I'd
5: be yeah, and today uh, just, today was one o'clock on a work day. One o'clock yeah. on a work day.
3: If they're smart yeah, enough to have, uh, yeah, if they're smart, if they're
10: exams, college students.
3: If they're smart enough to have it on a baseball weekend and also have discounted beer like they did today, it might be thirty thousand there. Yeah, that's
10: that's always a <laughs> <the> thing. People <laughs> out there that wonder what beer sales would do for colleges. I mean, my God, you just put half-off beer for a spring game and put it on a baseball weekend, oh my God.
11: Yeah, people show up in
10: droves, but even if there wasn't beer, even if there wasn't baseball, because of how starved for success this Ole Miss football program is, these fans are going to show up. I mean, they haven't gone bowling in four years, and I know they couldn't bowl because of the NCAA, but they could this year, and in 50-50 games, let's say they played four of them, they lost every single one of them, and it's one thing to be close, but it's one thing to be close and just not feel some Excitement that you're going to eventually get over the hump, and if Lane Kiffin fails or if he succeeds, no one can guess. But at least what you can have is a sense of hope that, and some energy and some and belief that, yeah, Ole Miss can not just be in it with Auburn, but beat that Auburn team, that it can overcome a Texas A&M team that looked on paper to be better than Ole Miss. There, there's I'll tell so you many what, though. That come with this.
3: Ben, we got to be real careful here, though, because he's still got to rebuild that roster. I mean, yeah, that, and that, that transition roster... class
10: is going to be a transition class, period. Yeah, yeah. And very rarely do you see transition classes be particularly helpful for any coach. I That's mean, right. that 2012 yeah. Hugh Freeze transition class was the outlier for transition classes. That was a uniquely great transition class. Usually,
3: these I'm things. probably are going a little lucky. Well. Yeah, yeah, and, you you and, and look, they're
5: with
10: the John Lung, Youngblood or somebody like that.
5: Well, and they're also they're also facing. the there's not a tougher first five games in the in the nation next year in 2020 with Baylor, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, back to back to back. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we're not talking about the schedule yet because everybody's
3: and, excited. And even though we're as excited as we can be about this turn of events here. I still am going to go into next year preaching patience. I mean, we got, yeah. we got to give this guy a chance, a real chance. Yeah.
10: But here's the deal: the, the right. schedule softens. The schedule softens. So six and six with Matt Luke, or six and six with Billy Napier, heck, six and six with Mike Norvell, or six and six with Lane Kiffin. No matter how you get there, which one generates the most excitement?
3: Yep. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Right, we'll be right yep. back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi. Rebel Yell Hotline, hang tight.
2: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: A little bit of, yes, way to go, Rhino! Rhino, Rhino's doing doing a good job with the intro music. I promise you, we're very pleased right now to have Mister Kermit Davis Jr. on with us. Uh, Kermit, how are you doing, brother?
11: Doing great, Chuck. You doing all right tonight?
3: Can't complain at all. Big day around here. Give us your thoughts on the on the football situation, brother.
11: Yeah, you know, I'm just so happy for for the Ole Miss fans, and uh, it just seems like we galvanized our fan base. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's, it was a great day. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to go. I had a, a funeral I had to go to with a relative. And, uh, and I was oh, at the same time. But I watched the, uh, the replay, and it was just very well handled. And I uh, can't wait to uh, to work with their staff. I think it's going to be a, uh, a great, great year for, for Ole Miss football.
3: Coach, let's uh switch our gears to basketball now. You coming off a win over Bakersfield, uh, Rod Barnes' team, and and I, I've got to say, Coach, and I don't expect you to comment here, but thought it was a little bit of an overreaction by the refs to throw him out on Rod Barnes' day. But uh, you got the win, eighty-three to sixty-seven, and uh, came alive in the second half after. Not maybe not a shaky first half by your estimation, but probably not what you were looking for.
11: Yeah, you know, uh, number one, it was great to have Rod back. I I hate that happened to Rod. I, I you know, I really don't know what, what happened and uh but you know, the biggest thing for us was that, you know, for us to, to win the game, we needed to win. And right. I thought our starters played really good minutes and we got off to I think seventeen to four, nineteen to six. And every time we went to our bench for they we just couldn't guard their position and and then we just then we gave them a little momentum. Their heads got up. They started to make a couple of tough shots, and the game got like you know in the balance. And so then I thought our starters did a lot better job in the second half. We shared the ball really good, Chuck. I mean, we, we shot fifty eight percent, eighteen assists, uh, six turnovers. I thought that was really good. Couldn't stop dribble penetration at times, but I, just what I thought would happen. I mean, Rod's team came inspired. He's a really really good coach. Been a good coach his whole career. Team played extremely hard, uh, you know, and just I thought they played their tails off. So hats off to Bakersfield.
3: Good to see Devontae Shuler kind of break out of his shooting slump and go 6-for-12 from the field, 3-for-7 three from three-point, um, you know, and he, he cut his turnovers down, and I know you've been concerned about that. So a good, good showing by him. It is. Over the last
11: five games, his turnovers have gone down. As a whole, I thought, you know, he and Brian together, 12 assists, one turnover. And I thought it was Devontae, you know, he, he made some shots. He's got to get himself to the free throw line. He's not getting himself to the line at all. And he's got to get by people and get in the paint and be physical at the rim. Uh, I thought Brian, you know, he shot double-figured uh, free throws, which is always a good thing. He had 20 points, I think, off 10 shots, which that's a good sign. And then Brian, you know, really, really play uh, at a good level. I thought the ball got out of his hands offensively a lot better.
3: K.J., you know, had a couple of games where he didn't score much and score the ball, but he back in double figures and seemed to be doing pretty good. And um, and you got 23 points out of Blake Henson, so great to have him back.
11: it yeah, was. Well, I just think K.J. can play much better. Chuck, I love K.J., and he's not rebounding the ball. You know, you, 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 you calculate guys' rebounds per minute. And probably the guy who's leading college basketball rebounds right now probably get a rebound every 2.5, 2.6 minutes, maybe less. K.J. was our leader at one time. The last five games, he's getting a rebound every 6.4 minutes. So he's not putting his nose right in contact. And he's got to go back and rebound it. And uh, when he does that, he's a really good player. And, you know, we got beat on the boards in that game. He and Blake both, you know, they were fine offensively. They just to go back and be a physical rebounders. Uh, But – Like I said, you know, it's just the the encouraging thing is that I just don't think we have even come close to playing our best, Chuck. And who knows? We may not for the whole year. But I just think that we've got so much room to grow defensively, offensively. At times, our bench guys have played well. We didn't play great the other day. Just getting more guys to play at their best at the same time, obviously, is the whole key. And uh, hopefully we can get that done. But I think this week of work is good. We had a really good practice today. You know, we'll go... Monday through Friday practice. I think that's good for guys on the bench. You're not trying to prepare for somebody else. You're just working on on Ole Miss,
3: Coach. You're six and three right now. Um, what are you doing well as a team, and what do you need to improve on? And and are you where you thought you'd be through nine games?
11: Well, you know, I mean, obviously you'd, you'd like to win all nine games, but our three losses are all to you know teams that have been ranked in the top twenty five. Uh, I thought we had chances in two of those, you know, Butler and, and Memphis. Uh, the Oklahoma State just kind of spun out, and, uh, and you saw what happened to them. They they lose their point guard to injury, and they lost two in a row at home after they got ranked. And so, you know, Luis Rodriguez was a guy that had taken a little hit for us, and so I hate that, but I like, I like where we are, Chuck, but we're, we're not anywhere close to where we, we need to be before SEC starts. And uh, so we can make a lot of progress. We've, like I said, our assist, the baskets may have gotten better the last two games. Uh, we've got to guard the dribble better. Um, unless we double-teamed the post or Dream was guarding the post the other night, Chuck, we'd have a lot of resistance around the goal. Uh, so there's just there's a ton of things that, that we can do better. But it's great to be 6-3, and three, you know, with an RPI maybe around 60 or so. You know, it was some great opportunities ahead of us.
5: Coach Davis, David Johnson here, and I want to take you back to something you said right at the beginning of this broadcast when you were talking about, you know, uniting the the Ole Miss fan base and the coming together of the Ole Miss fan base. And I know you've been coaching a long, long time. And you've probably been through situations where fans were unhappy with one program and and happy with another. But just as a singular program, how important is it, even for you as a basketball coach, that this fan base is on one page and fired up about every single program at Ole Miss right now?
11: Yeah, I I just think it's important. I mean, number one, from a financial standpoint of Mm -hmm. just everybody being funded at a high level. There's no secret in the SEC. Uh, Your football team need the fan base needs to be galvanized for football, and you know season ticket sales is is the main revenue, uh, even as big as all the SEC money is, and our attendance has gotten much much better. It's important. It's important for recruiting. It's important for just branding, you know, throughout you know SEC football schedule. So it's it's vice versa. I sure hope that. You know, we can bring recruits in next year to Lane's games, and like we did with Matt, and you know, there's there's great crowds, and it just helps. And I hope they can be able to to bring recruits in the spring period, and there's great crowds for the SEC, and so I, I just think it really is. And and I see a great momentum. Keith did a wonderful job in the search, and uh, I know he was really really excited when I talked to him on on Saturday, and I'm just looking forward to to meeting Lane and 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 I know he's going to hit the ground running for. To three or four months when he all settles down and uh, get a chance to know him better and working together,
3: coach. You talked earlier about your bench uh, needing a little more consistency there. What What are some of the guys individually? Sammy Hunter, Austin Crowley, Bryce Williams, Column Dude Column. Uh, what do they have to do to kind of not necessarily get back in your good graces, but to get more minutes and and to start producing? Well,
11: you'd love to have about nine guys, eight, eight, eight guys or nine to play starter minutes. And, you know, I mean, each one of those guys you've mentioned have all had really good moments for our team, don't get me wrong. But to a man, physicality, rebounding. Sammy Hunter, last five games, getting one rebound for every 12 minutes played for a guy 6'9", 230. Uh, Austin Crowley is as good an athlete as you've seen, and he's got to rebound the ball at a high level physical defenders. That's what happened the other day. They just attacked us as soon as those guys came in the game. Bryce, Sammy, Austin, you know, so all those guys are going to be fine, but we, at least this next three weeks before um, conference starts, the physicality of play, the toughest part of it, is going to be critical to our success in the SEC.
3: Give us a little scouting report on middle. You got them at 2 o'clock Saturday. Obviously you want a big crowd. um a lot of enthusiasm in the fan base right now. There's no reason why they won't show up in droves for that game.
11: Well, I sure hope so, Chuck. You know, we we're up about 1,000 a, a game early, you know, ahead of last year. Uh, you know, I know the students will be gone. So, God, we we need season ticket holders and and just, you know, regular fan base to come out and, and really watch our team play on Saturday. You know, it's our old school. I know that team will be very motivated to play where well, others like Rod's team was. And uh, all these games are so important on your NCAA resume. I don't care if it's a top 25 team or just games that, you know, you're kind of favorite in and you're supposed to win. So our team just needs to keep making progress uh, this week. And you're right, Chuck. I sure hope we have a, a good crowd on Saturday and, uh, and then we'll have one more game in Jackson before we break for, for Christmas break for about four or five days.
3: Coach, thank you so much. We'll see you out there Saturday at 2 o'clock. Against your old school, Middle Tennessee, uh, you know, they always give old Miss fits, <laughs> particularly when you were on the other bench. But uh, good, good luck taking down your old school. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Chuck. Appreciate you having me on, man. See you. Thank you, brother. Kermit Davis, Jr., who I like to call our co-host. I know listeners get tired of hearing <laughs> that, but he's so good to us being on so much. Uh, let me do Rebel flashback here real quickly. Is brought to you by Rebel Equipment. Over 50 years of serving the Memphis area with all your equipment needs. Located at 4890 East Shelby Drive, you can rent, buy, or have repaired all of your own equipment at Rebel Equipment. New Rebel coach Lane Kiffin talked about losing to the Rebels twice when he was the OC at Bama in 2014 and fifteen. And those were the only two losses that Bama had in three years, regular season. That's amazing. But anyway, here's a recap in case you've forgotten. In 14, Bama took a 14-3 to halftime lead when a fluke play with 42 seconds to go in the half, Rebel, former Rebel running back Atavius Mathers was held maliciously by the face mask Fumbled and Bama scooped and scored from 17 yards out. Even Gary Danielson, who can't stand Ole Miss, it doesn't seem like, on the broadcast said that was a flagrant face mask missed by the ref right in front of him. It looked bleak at half, but the Rebels came roaring back with three Bo Wallace TD passes in the second half, a 14-yarder to Laquan Treadwell a 34-yarder to Vincent Sanders, diving in the end zone, and the game-winner, a 10-yarder to running back Jalen Walton. The Reb defense, meanwhile, held the Tide to a lone third-quarter field goal, and the capper was a Senquez-Golson interception in in the back of the Tide end zone to essentially end the game. And the ref called that incomplete. Unbelievable, wasn't it, David?
5: Uh, I'm just to tear this might stand down and parade it down to the Oxford Square.
3: You're getting me going. <laughs> and then the goal post came down. There was a lot more fireworks in 2015 in Tuscaloosa. The Rebs jumped to a 17-3 lead on two fumbled kickoffs by the Tide. Short runs by Jordan Wilkins and quarterback Chad Kelly gave them the big margin in the second half. A crazy tip play on a desperation pass from Kelly to Laquan Treadwell somehow ended up in Quincy out of Bojo's arms, and he raced 66 yards for the score. Two Wunderlich field goals made it 30-10, to 10, but then Bama came roaring back with two touchdowns of their own before Kelly found Cody Core for a 73-yard TD pass, and then they capped it with a 24-yarder to Laquan. Bama scored and got an onside kick and scored again to cut the game to 43-37 but on the next tied possession, Marquise Haynes nailed the tied quarterback as he was throwing a wounded duck, and Tony Bridges picked it off to end the threat. 43-37 was the final score, and ironically, the Rebels won both games by six points. Both games, Bama was driving, and both games it was ended by a Rebel interception. Rebel flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, uh, two two great games. Well, that man. was
5: that was a good flashback,
3: <laughs> and
5: appropriate on a day like this where yeah. hope is back inside yeah. the Ole Miss football program.
3: Whoo! And and I, I was I was uh, he made three or four references to that, you did. know, being yeah. Alabama losing two games while he was there in the regular season, and both of them being the Ole Miss, and it was one of the reasons that he felt like he could come here and win big. Because he'd seen Ole Miss win big, He's
5: seen he seen the modern day high water mark of Ole Miss football up close and personal. Yeah, and it can be done here.
3: And what? he was on the wrong end of it. He was on the wrong end of it. <laughs> That's so that stings, you know. <laughs> man, just
5: it's just awesome going into the Christmas holidays with uh, the total change of direction and complexion of the Ole Miss football program over the course of the last ninety six hours, if you will.
3: Well, we got a couple of minutes before break. Uh, You talked to Yancey down at the Mm Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, and I did too. And the one thing he mentioned to me was the four Alabama commits we have, none of them were at the Alabama – they've all withdrawn from the game. That's
5: right. As a matter of fact, I talked to Cedric Johnson, one of those Alabama commits this afternoon. I'm going to talk to him a little bit more tonight. Uh, about his situation Uh, we talked briefly about you know obviously Lane Kiffin being here he says he's still you know he's reading everything waiting for the new staff to kind of catch up with him but we'll have a report on him on the Ole Miss Spirit in the morning Uh, but uh, you know you're seeing more and more of that Chuck you're seeing some of these guys who already know where their college homes are who are enrolling in school early going I'm not going to play in an all-star game Decided uh-huh. I'm, I'm just not going to. So, do it. you
3: don't think it was a coincidence that all four of our commitments were the only four that backed out of the game? I mean, Yancey was a little worried that. They might be looking. No, I don't. I really
5: don't. I mean, I you know that could that's a good point. Could be a valid point. But what you're seeing out there with recruits, are more and more of them, are going. I don't have anything to gain from playing in mm-hmm. this game. I got all the trophies I want in my trophy case. I know where I'm going to college. My recruitment is over. I have nothing to prove to anybody. Why go out there and risk injury? And and you know you may say, well, because you want to represent your state. But there's a real part of this recruiting stuff right here too. You go out there and you tear an ACL, and then you're are severely limited a lot of times. So. Yeah,
3: especially since early signing day is next Wednesday yeah, after the game. It's
5: next Wednesday after the game, mm-hmm. right?
3: So, but I but I gotta say, David, when you're 18 years old and you're selected to play for the Alabama Mississippi All Star game, man, I would have given a finger
8: to do uh, that. I
5: understand, <laughs> and it's it's a great privilege. My son played in it, but yep. you know, you're seeing guys who are 22 years old not playing in bowl games That's because of their true. NFL status.
3: That's true. That's and and everything trickles Trickles down. down. It sure does, no question. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Railway Hotline. Hang tight.
2: Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: (laughs) right, let's go back to the control room real quick with jack schultz around the sec take it away rhino it's time for this
2: week's report from around the sec brought to you by cheney's pharmacy home of the ugly mug coffee and tcby yogurt located next to the library on bramlett boulevard
9: it's officially bowl season in the college football world following its dominating performance over georgia in the sec championship game and a perfect 12 and 0 season LSU was named the number one team and received the top spot in the college football playoff. The Tigers will face number four Oklahoma in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on December 28th. As its consolation prize, Georgia will face Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Overall, nine teams will participate in the postseason for the SEC. In its first season not participating in the college football playoff, Alabama will play Michigan in the Citrus Bowl on New Year's Day. Florida will take on Virginia in the Orange Bowl, while Auburn plays an intriguing game against Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. Tennessee is back in a bowl game after finishing 7-5. The Vols will face Indiana, coached by former Ole Miss assistant Tom Allen, in the Gator Bowl. Kentucky is scheduled to play Virginia Tech in the Belt Bowl. Texas A&M and Oklahoma State will square off in the Texas Bowl. And Mississippi State travels to Nashville for the Music City Bowl against Louisville. In coaching news, the SEC appears to have closed the 2019 chapter of the coaching carousel. Lane Kiffin, of course, landed in Oxford, while Arkansas hired Georgia offensive line coach Sam Pittman, and Missouri hired Eli Drinkwitz from Appalachian State. Drinkwitz was 12-1 and in his first season as a head coach this year. That's the latest news around the SEC. Have a great week, everybody.
3: Thank you, Jack. Man, i tell you what, that, that Sam Pittman hire as a head coach, it's got uh, me you, shaking you, my well, head. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's a good coach, but golly.
5: Ben alluded to this a little bit, but the narrative that's being pushed in the state of arkansas not just by their fans but some in the media in the state of arkansas
3: wally hall
5: well <laughs> is that is that yeah wally hall's part of it he's complicit in it but is that arkansas decided yeah they didn't want lane kiffin for various reasons that uh nobody seems to 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 want to say why and they decided to pull away from lane kiffin that is horse Hockey, okay? <laughs> Total horse hockey. They wanted Lane Kiff, and Lane Kiffin turned them down, pulled the rug out from under Arkansas, right. left them spinning, dizzying. They've hired a career offensive line coach, Sam Pittman. That's 58 years old, Chuck. And I yeah. mean, you and I ain't no spring chickens, but we're not being hired to run an SEC football program right. and walk into the house of 17 year old kids and convince them, come play for me. Yeah, that's right. And the way they announced it did you see the announcement video? Yeah, it's awful. Yes, sir! I mean, I mean, what was that? What was that? Somebody oh, in uh, the Ole Miss video department would have gotten fired for that kind of stuff. <laughs> I
3: hear you. Uh, all right. Uh, the Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. If you need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, a lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. The good? Well, I hadn't seen this much excitement about the hiring of a coach since Steve Sloan was hired way back when with this announcement of Lane Kiffin becoming the next head football coach at Ole Miss. Fan sites, social media, Twitter all lighting up over the Lane train coming to Oxford. Athletics director Keith Carter made a beeline to Kiffin when he realized there was mutual interest and he never looked back, honing the search down to one man his main target, and the end result was he bagged him. The Rebel Nation has gotten the shot in the arm it yearned for and desperately needed. Kiffin came to Oxford in the school's jet last night and was greeted by a throng of fans. It couldn't have been more appropriate had he ridden in on a white horse. The men's hoops team got back on the winning track with a win over Bakersfield, the team Rod Barnes coaches, and it was really cool to see the warm reception Rod and his family got when they came back to Oxford and Ole Miss. If you don't like and appreciate what Barnes did for Ole Miss basketball, well, I I feel for you. Bad, I cannot believe the refs in the Bakersfield game threw Barnes out of the game on Rod Barnes' day. Talk about an overreaction because I guarantee you there was no profanity coming from that man's mouth. And what other reason would a ref have for that kind of penalty? Ah, can you say incompetence? That's probably it. Ugly? Well, someone with more brain power than I have, which is just about anyone with a pulse, will have to explain to me the resignation of softball coach Mike Smith. I was told had he not resigned he would have been fired, And I'd like an explanation on that, too, but I'm not going to get it. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. David uh, Kiffin's compensation package was put out today and i just told you that in 2020 (laughs) he'll earn more money than i will in my whole life (laughs) that most of us (laughs) 3.9 million any you know these coaches i I don't have i don't begrudge whatever dime they can make 4 million in 2021 in 2022 and 4.2 in 2023 uh the coaches get a 5.3 million dollar purse that he can divide up any way he wants to among his assistants while he gets $2.2 million, has been allotted for a support staff, which is five strength and conditioning coaches, football operations, analysts, video recruiting, and player personnel staff. He also has a lot of incentives built in, going to a bowl, APR, all that stuff, uh, you know, over five wins in the SEC he gets $150,000 per win over five. You know, you play eight a year. so
5: He's going to need a banker. He's going to need a real estate agent.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying. Anybody yeah. out there listening? No question. Um, and that's about it. And we will catch you all next Monday night, hopefully with some recruiting news, I hope.
5: Ooh, this is going to be a nine-day frenzy to the yeah. run-up to the early signing yeah. period. I promise you that.
3: Yep. And uh, we'll see you next Monday night on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Good night, everybody.